Hello and welcome to Bootleg Muses. I didn't know you were gonna sing. Oh, I was I'm so excited. Hi, welcome back to Bootleg Muses. Sometimes to uh, get yourself the energy to do a podcast, you have to uh, you have to force yourself into it. It's kind of like how they say. If you uh, make yourself smile, you you become happier, like bio- biologically or something. Biologically. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, thematically appropriate music. You hailing the the chief, Chief Joe. Chief uh, Joe Biden. Everyone's favorite Joe. That's not. I don't know about true. that. That's not remotely true. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Who's your favorite Joe, Lakin? Who's my favorite Joe? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Oh, you know what? To stay in the fan fiction realm, I'm going to say Joe from Supernatural because along oh. with our presidential election, Supernatural got quite the the gift. Okay. Okay. Do, 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 do. Okay. It's coming in. <laughs> it's fan fiction uh, alerts. Wow. So, okay. Let's do a Supernatural minute. Uh, so what is it? Castile? Destiel, Destiel, which is um, a slash between Castiel and Dean Winchester. Um, officially they have canon. Officially canon. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I, hail to the chief. Hail to the chief, Destiel. Um, mm. No, this is something that Supernatural fans have been like pushing since the creation of Supernatural. And it came a, like five years too late, but it's here. Awesome. Very mixed reviews about the reveal. Okay. But interesting. Do we want to do a supernatural spoilers thing? Do you want to talk about the reveal? (gasps) Oh, I don't know. Well. I can can time uh, stamp this and be like supernatural spoilers from here to here. Yeah, okay. So let's just say like, you know, I think Spotify skips it ahead like 10 seconds. So I'll try to keep it all within 20 seconds. So just skip ahead twice, boop, boop, we'll be there, okay? Okay. Supernatural spoilers, time starting now. Okay. So, um, from my understanding, because I still haven't watched the episode, uh, Castiel gets casted out of heaven and dies. Like, he's dead, as far as we know, because he fell in love with a man and it was gay love. Okay. Forbidden love. Forbidden love. (laughs) Forbidden supernatural love. Was that it? <laughs> yep. The, okay. okay excellent. Yeah, that's that's the spoiler. Um, everything oh, else okay. after that, it's kind of like mixed reviews about it because of how it ended. Mm-hmm. And fans are really upset. I think a lot of uh, like queer people are going to be upset because of how it ended. Because it's just another like bury your gay kind of situation, and it's really gotcha. sad. Gotcha. Yeah, this was the series finale, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. It reminds me of uh, of Korra, where I don't know about you. Spoilers for Legend of Korra. <laughs> <laughs> the um, Asami Korra relationship. Maybe this is just my straight white male lens, but I didn't feel a whole lot of chemistry between them, and so by the time that they were together, at the very last shot. It, w- it seemed like a kind of, all right, we're going to do this now that it's the, s- the series finale, and then we're jumping ship, <laughs> baby. So Yeah, that that's also kind of how, how I felt about Korra. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I never, I never shipped them together. I think separately as like queer characters, I think they would be great. I don't like them together. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes sense to me. Um, so your favorite Joe is then, is that a supernatural character thing? Yeah. Joe is a female, uh, demon hunter she's badass she works at the bar with her mom her mom doesn't want her to become a demon hunter because that's what killed her dad Mm. Um, but joe's a badass i love her she challenges dean on everything and i just love her excellent we love a good challenger (laughs) yeah i i just love angsty women that's all yeah yeah sure that is there's a wealth of angsty women out there um (laughs) my (laughs) My favorite Joe is probably the uh, the cup of Joe I have every morning. Oh, that's, a, that's wholesome! A wow. Uh, so Joe Biden won the election. <laughs> yeah, bring it all to a close. Joe Biden won the election. <laughs> that's the end of the um, supernatural minute. End of the Legend of Korra minute. Um, <laughs> we're not a politics podcast, but we are a fan fiction podcast. And you know what else mm-hmm. has fan fiction? Politicians, uh, specifically this week. <laughs> Um, sometimes I get on a roll about uh, these segues and I just uh, become self-aware and start laughing. Um, <laughs> I think uh, we're going to talk a little bit about The Onion's coverage of Joe Biden. Uh, a, a likely controversial depiction. For those that don't know, The Onion is a satire website that does um, actual fake news stories. They uh, satirize things going on in politics, in the media, and uh, entertainment. Just a satire. Funny stuff. They still do pretty good work. Check it out. Um, Joe Biden, the former vice president, now president-elect of the United States, was one of their more popular characters or caricatures since he was elected vice president in 2008 with Barack Obama. Uh, he has appeared in more than 50 articles, and he kind of has this, uh, in, in the Onion articles, he kind of had this, the, the Uncle Joe stereotype, mm-hmm. this, uh, like, uh, a lightly creepy but overall harmless persona. Um, the, the very first Joe Biden story, the headline was, Shirtless Biden Washes Trans Am in White House Driveway. And uh, there was uh, another one that I actually liked like whenever Trump was elected and the transition was happening. Uh, there was an ar- uh, article that was like, uh, <laughs> Joe Biden spends last day at White House looking for a missing pet snake. Um, stuff like that that was just very quirky, like made him out to be this sort of light character. So we're talking about The Onion because it is its own in its own way fan fiction if you want to call it that um taking real people fictionalizing them um into entertaining caricatures uh and what has this done to these people in the real world Mm -hmm. well with joe biden specifically it is often regarded that his persona in the onion which was entirely fabricated he had nothing to do with uh helps his public image he would often comment about it in um like interviews and stuff it, he he was he himself was a big fan of these articles um mitch mcconnell referenced them whenever they uh in his in his speech of basically saying goodbye to obama and uh, biden whenever they left office and people um aside from him being close to 
Obama people cite that as one of the ways that he was able to gain popularity in this last presidential race. Now, the issue with this is that Biden is not <laughs> that simple. He has a history of uh, racism and violence, as most uh, politicians in Washington do. Uh, and uh, it has gone so far as The Onion has switched gears and if you even if you read uh, the onions articles right now that are being posted there is stuff like joe biden immediately ages 10 years um, from <laughs> the stress of uh, being president and there's a picture of him like melting um <laughs> angry joe biden uh tell, tells trump that he will we won't get a cabinet position if he start, keeps acting this way. Um, a little bit more critical of Biden as a person. Uh, and I want to bring this up because the Joe Garden, who is a former Onion editor, actually wrote a um, a uh, article for Vice earlier this year, or earlier uh, 2019. I believe the headline is, uh, It's Area Man Regrets Helping Turn Joe Biden into a Meme. And I'm going to read this quote from that article. This is Joe Garden, and he says, I don't believe the Onion's Biden is solely responsible for this early popularity of real-life Biden. We are just one small link in a chain of institutions that didn't scrutinize Biden closely enough. I wish we had looked more at his actual career in politics, which includes opposition to busing as a way to integrate schools and support for predatory financial institutions and tried to really puncture him rather than just turning him into a clown. We helped make him more likable by inventing a version of Biden that never existed. As a guideline, if the people you're satirizing aren't mad, then you should dig deeper. I hope that my alma mater, and everyone else in comedy follows this rule now that Joe is back. And this story strikes me, we can talk, go into a larger conversation about satire and how it is. Here's a term I'm going to throw out. What do you think of anti-fan fiction? Anti-fan fiction. Can you, <laughs> can you um, give me your, your reasons behind choosing anti-fan fiction? Well, you're writing a fictionalized version of something, but you're not actually a fan. Ooh. It's oh. a s satire. It's a, it's a critique. Um, but instead of just talking about the real issues, you say something like uh, Trump caught eating uh, the intestines of children or something like that. Like something that is obviously false. Um, but you are, not, you are writing it as a way to make fun, to ridicule someone. Um, and I think that can be a fictional character, too. I think there are characters in fiction that are hated and are probably treated poorly in, in fan fiction. It's weird to think... I mean, yes, that all makes sense. I would agree with that. But mm -hmm. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like satire has always had that link to fan fiction. Yes. And I feel like the... Um, oh, what's the word? Objective. Being objective mm -hmm. and criticizing other people by making fun of them. Mm -hmm. I feel like with what the onion does it's so purely satire that that's what makes it the more accepted term than anti-fan fiction but i find it right. interesting <laughs> that like yeah that's exactly what it is is anti-fan fiction it's just got this different name that somebody made up you have to enjoy politics to want to write about it you know uh even if you are um ridiculing politicians i think you have to 
follow it, and I guess that would make you some kind of fan. <laughs> that is true. I feel like that's almost similar to people who don't read the entire franchise. So, like, people who write Star Trek fan fiction, mm-hmm. right? They might not have seen all of the franchise and all of its evolutions, but they know enough about the characters that they can write a sci-fi fan fiction with those characters just because they love sci-fi so much. Right. Casuals. Casuals. <laughs> Lovers of genres and not yeah. specific uh, franchises. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm here for it. It's hard to like politicians. I will say that. You well, I actively believe you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you should fight against liking politicians because, or at the very least, and this is what I kind of wanted to get at with this episode. Anytime, any like anytime you see a a politician become a meme, it, it begins to uh, turn into some kind of idol and flattens them as people. And this is what is so crucial is that these are real people we are talking about with all the complexities that that comes with. Um, It is important to to compartmentalize in your brain the many aspects that make up the decisions they make. With Joe Biden being the uh, easy example during this time, it, it is easy to be excited um, if you are anti-Trump, which I imagine most of our listeners are. <laughs> but, um, God, I fucking hope so. Yeah. Not get the fuck out. Uh, and <laughs> I, I'm surprised that you made it this far. If you honestly, yeah, uh, it's weird. I think we wear our hearts on our sleeves here. Um, <laughs> that is all to say that it, it is. Uh, we, we don't want to lionize politicians um, because we will like people will always disappoint us, especially people in power. Mm. Um, I think even even the extremely popular ones, at least on the left, like uh, AOC and Ilan Omar and stuff, it, you still want to uh, tread cautiously uh, because they are people. They will likely make mistakes. It is uh, a very hard um, world to be in and not make compromises that will harm people. Um, Especially at the times that we are in, we are nowhere near where I think we should be as a nation. Nope. Um, We could spend a whole episode talking about that, but this is your light uh, fan fiction podcast, and I'm glad this is releasing on Monday because I don't want to harsh anyone's mellow, (laughs) 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 because I'm sure we're all... um, We are recording this on the Friday that the election was finally called, this is Saturday. This is Saturday. This just in. This just in. It's Saturday, it's and the election Saturday. was called today on Saturday. <laughs> Time isn't real. Um, I am tired and did a lot of errands. Um, now that I know that I don't have coronavirus. Woo. Patreon episode. We'll talk about Patreon episode. <laughs> journey um i'm fine everything's cool we're all good you mentioned something about the guy who apologized for creating the joe biden meme right yes yes and i and i I read the quote from uh, from him okay moving from that there's an npr article 
<laughs> titled Hit Area Man Real <laughs> Area Man realizes he's been reading fake news for 25 years. Okay. <laughs> two college students. This gives like a backstory about the Onion. So All right. Okay. okay. Two, two college students founded the fake news organization, which began as a newspaper in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. It really started as something very political that was intended mainly to sell pizza coupons. Okay. <laughs> that is a quote from editor-in-chief Will Tracy. Wow. <laughs> so Humble beginnings. They, they have always marketed themselves as a fake news organization. But yes. this is like a thing where I think especially this election season, we saw a lot of people posting, or at least I did see a lot of people posting articles from the onion as actual news outlets. Yes, this is this. And this is an interesting thing to talk about with uh, satire or like fake news or um, kind of the phenomena of people just sort of believing what they're hearing or seeing or reading. Right. Um, this, this kind of stuff goes back to the war of the worlds thing back in the fifties the or whatever, mm-hmm. when people thought there were actually aliens attacking them, which I think we might've actually talked about briefly on this podcast before, but it, it's, um, and my, uh, my own father, my dad, um, Papa Dave, uh, <laughs> Papa Dame himself. <laughs> I remember him, uh, reading this, uh, onion headline about Bernie Sanders, um, at the debate. Um, it was like he had, instead of a regular podium, he had one made out of like, um, actual like wood from a tree. It was like a stump. Like it was like something about satirizing, like artisanal, millennial stuff or something like that <laughs> he believed it, it was real for a second uh, so, incredible you know, shout outs to my dad i'm sorry um i'm not making fun of you he's a very smart gentleman so a question uh, a posed question for you sir me? dame of of papa dame um of, of house dame house of papa dame um mm-hmm. is there a responsibility to those who write satire, a.k.a. anti-fanfiction. Because, you know, fanfiction, like we said, always has, like, that sliver of truth from, like, where the franchise began. And I think mm-hmm. with including, you know, celebrities and whatnot, with um, fanfictions that they write about bands or whatever, we know mm-hmm. that's fake. But when we use politicians where they have a place of power, is that where... Um, a level of responsibility comes into play? That's a very good question. Um, there's this idea that goes around a lot that if your satire is, like you have to, like, it's the idea that you should write satire in a way that is clearly distinguishable from reality. Right. So this is the, the thing where you see, like, um, comedians that might say something super racist and then claim, well, it's just a joke. It shouldn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's all satire. Right. I'm satirizing the people who are like this. That's sort of a different thing from lampooning politicians, but um, it's the similar idea of you can't just imitate the, the wrongdoings of the people that you claim to be against. I think the power is what's different. Right. Because absolutely elected politicians have real power that I think, you know, if you're just like a Midwesterner from a small town and your degree of separation from like 
politicians is so large, they almost don't seem like real people. They genuinely feel like fictional characters. That's a great point. Yeah. And, and it is easy to um, kind of have them abstracted in your mind mm-hmm. because it's not, <laughs> it's not like they, for many people, it, it's, it's hard to see the ways that they affect your everyday life. Yeah. And to tell that they're just people, like they're human beings mm-hmm. is a weird concept and that they have a life outside of the you know, news coverage that you're seeing, the picture of them in one moment or the, the news clip of them at a speech for like 15 minutes. Like they have a whole thing outside of that. Like just as complex and intricate and struggling you are, they're doing the same thing, except that they have legitimate power over your life. It's really a weird concept. <laughs> I, I personally think that part of our system is designed to keep the um, us regular folk so busy that we don't even think about um, or so distracted uh, that we don't think about the person behind the curtain. The whole idea of satire, I think a, a major tenet of the form is punching up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is to lampoon the powerful and to point out their issues, their mistakes, and their uh, problematic behavior. And I think the issue that we ran in, that the Onion ran in with with Joe Biden is it was no longer satirizing him as a political figure, but was more just um, heightening a caricature that they had that had little to do with his politics. It was just like a weird sitcom guy, <laughs> you know, like a, like a weird neighbor or something, somebody who's quirky and like. I think I said this already, but lightly creepy, but overall harmless, mm-hmm. which is a dangerous uh, persona to hand give to a politician. <laughs> Correct. If I could ask one more question. Ask is me it... a question, Lake. Okay. So the onion we've established is, is satire through and through, right? And Ex- the reason it, it, why it does so well is that, you know, these are headlines that they've seen before. Um, it's just making a one-word switch. So they're taking a, a real-life event and just taking something out and putting something that's supposed to be absolutely absurd enough that people will know that they're fake. Correct. What separates The Onion as satire from, or, or you know, these news articles that they're writing, these fan fictions that they're writing, mm-hmm. what makes that different than a conspiracy theory? Well... I think this is. I think um, it's presentation, right? Like, um, hey. <laughs> no, too big of a question. We'll take it no, back. No, it's no, fine. No, 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 no. We. This is this is bootleg muses. We've been recording for thirty minutes. We are going to tackle this. You said we're going to finish it. We have thirty we minutes are left. Finish it. <laughs> well, okay. Here's my thought. Right. Here's your thought. Is with. With satire, I know I say the same line over and over, and I know it's very annoying, but no, we're gonna it's fine. we're gonna push People forward. Need repetition, they love us. Greatest <laughs> five stars in iTunes. Like, share, subscribe, baby. It's oh my God. It's November seventh. Uh, Happy Mass Effect Day. Woo. Joe Biden's president. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Um, so satire. <laughs> the reason why it does so well, right, is that sliver of truth. Conspiracy theories mm-hmm. in the same vein, but different delivery system have a sliver of truth that they tell like orally. Some people write books, some people make documentaries, et cetera, et cetera. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Is it just the presentation of it that makes it different? I think the packaging is very much key. Um, a lot of times, I think we, with um, conspiracy theories, when we're talking about this liver of truth thing, uh, conspiracy theories tr- like feign backing themselves up with facts, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the folks, I got a lot of documents here <laughs> kind of thing. Um, or talking about it in a way that makes it seem like they are uh, trustworthy, which is something that Sayatire does. You're honestly blowing my mind with this comparison because I never <laughs> thought about it in this way before. Incredible. Um, but it's maybe, I guess it also depends on the Satire side, but The Onion does tend to be extremely exaggerated. Right. Um, I think if you explain the gist of a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. to someone, like a really wild one, mm-hmm. then it's easy to... Um, be like oh yeah that's definitely fake um but how do people actually start believing conspiracy theories they are more eased into it mm-hmm. um with uh, the onion there's no like training program to try and get people to actually mm-hmm. believe that the onion articles are true but if you are wanting to um actually like make people believe that something is true you maybe keep it a little bit close to the chest you just kind of like think i'm just asking questions here it's actually uh this is reminding me a little bit of the creepypasta conversation we had mm-hmm. about a month ago now where wow that's incredible just... recording for a month <laughs> congratulations happy birthday bootleg muses <laughs> we were still we, we were cannon fodder back then can you believe it can you believe how it? far we've come <laughs> a whole rebrand uh, <laughs> But uh, creepypastas, the thing there is that it's, like, posted neutrally and there's just a little bit of information that it lets your mind run wild, like your imagination. A similar thing, I think, might be true for conspiracy theories, but also the opposite. <laughs> They're throwing a lot of information at you, construing it as evidence. And then I think once you believe a few conspiracy theories and it's easier for you to believe more outrageous ones. Mm. Okay. Do you want to pick a candidate and then we'll read our favorite headlines that we find on the onion? Sure. I, I, oh my, I, uh, I did Google Joe Biden fan fiction a little bit ago <gasps> uh, and just looked it up on, on Wattpad. Okay. Listen, um, I also went on fanfiction.net and AO3 and typed in Joe Biden just to see what would pop up. <laughs> Okay, great, great. We can we can just uh, peruse this. I will say the first, the number one uh, Joe Biden tag story on Wattpad is not even a Joe Biden fan fiction. Uh, here, the 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 title is "You're Inside of Me." Parentheses Donald Trump cross uh, COVID nineteen. Incredible. Okay, it's a so- uh, love story between Donald Trump and the disease. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it's a hot yowie of Donald Trump across his one true love COVID-19. Hard face. Crying face. Smooshy face. Romance. Lemon. Love. Those are the tags. I, okay. I understand tags. Whatever. Okay. I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to read you uh, one that I found on fanfiction.net. You ready? Please do. I'm so ready. Title. A little left of love. By flag one nine nine one. This is the uh, the book the book flap. Okay, after okay. Vice President Kamala Harris resigns, President oh. Joe Biden 
chooses AOC as his VP. I think wow. that's supposed to be vice president. That that is that is vice president. And begins to put the moves on her. The tags. I hate this. Parodies and spoofs. Rated M. English. Parody humor. Chapter one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> English. Parody humor. Chapter one. Oh You're listening God. to Bootleg Muses, where we talk about Joe Biden and AOC. Getting it on. <laughs> the, uh, the. I'm so angry. I'm so upset. Oh, oh no. Okay. So- I have one. Oh no. Bad. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I don't think you're ready. I'm just going to mention a, um, this next section is going to be for adults only. If you have children you, in the car, kids, turn their ears stop off. Listening. Oh, put, turn put it their in ears your, off. Put it put, in your parent <laughs> keypad and go beep bop, boop bop. Turn their ears off. <clears throat> Here it comes. You ready? <laughs> Joe I'm Biden's ready. fat, juicy pussy mm-hmm. by Anonymous. No archive warnings apply. All bold. <laughs> Listen. Get ready for these tests. I, I appreciate. You know, I think it's a good indication of exactly what you're in for. The tags. Okay, tags. Joe slash Donald. Mm-hmm. Joe. Okay. Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, Mike Pence, Kamala Harris, Melania Trump, Jill oh, Biden, oh. Chris Wallace. Enemies to lovers. Ca- forbidden love. That's quite a cast of characters. Internalized homophobia. Everyone okay. is gay. Conversion uh-huh. therapy. These are tags. 2020 U.S. presidential election. COVID-19. Cheating. Intentional lowercase. Please don't crucify me. No beta. We die like Trump's chance at being reelected. And then the um, preview says, I'm so sorry. No punctuation. You should be anonymous. <laughs> I. When was this posted? This was a that was a lot to unpack. This was posted um, yesterday. Yesterday. Wow. That is that is <laughs> off the presses. Um, Hot off the presses. So uh, I I want to say the one the that the, the tag that disturbed me the most there was con- definitely conversion therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Something uh, twisted is going on. I've got one that says My Little Cheeto. <laughs> uh, Trump cross Biden enemies to lovers. A forbidden romance blossoms between two unlikely men. Their passion for politics was one thing, but their passion for each other was another. Incredible. Can this love affair last, or will the pressures of those around them break their special bond? They even have little uh, cover art. It says, uh, my little Cheeto, and uh, Trump and Biden are standing next to each other, and uh, there's a little creature on both of their shoulders that I, th- it's wearing a mask. I think it's supposed to be, like, the little coronavirus thing. Um, okay, I have Make one- America gay again. I have one question. You have one question. How old is it? What date was it posted? Oh, yeah. It was posted 
Give me a date, Wattpad. <laughs> Wattpad updated. It was updated a day ago. Oh, okay. It says. It's an ongoing thing. First published October 23rd. Pretty recent. Oh, okay. That's recent. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Um, so, okay. Um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> one, uh, I think uh, maybe a decent thing to talk about here is do you think that all these uh, Trump cross Biden things, um, should we talk about how it's bad to um, make <laughs> um, homosexual relationships into these things to make fun of? Like it, like um, the like the uh, like graffiti art that you see of uh, of like Trump kissing uh, Putin. Um, oh, using where it's like, being gay as like an insult. As an insult. Yeah. As a, yes. Yes. I. Do you think that's what's going on with some of these things? Okay, here's my perspective as a queer person. Right? Is <laughs> if the joke is, haha, it's funny because they're gay, is one mm-hmm. thing. I think when queer artists make pictures of Pence and Trump or yeah Pence and Trump kissing or Trump and Putin kissing for me I think it depends on the intention but also I know it pisses them off so much when it's good Mm -hmm. you know what I mean (laughs) yeah yeah when it's like detailed enough that they're like oh my god this looks like they had like an actual picture of me um, oh, okay. It pisses them off enough that I don't mind it as much as I should, probably. But yeah, there is something to be said about so, like making so people there's... gay as a joke, mm-hmm. as if that could be like the worst thing they could be. Mm-hmm. Coming from me, listen, being gay is not um, not fun a lot, but it's not because mm-hmm. of me. <laughs> right. It's because of other people. It's not because of the... Uh... The interiority of any one person. I, I I will say it is an interesting point that like they put them together. I don't know. Yeah, and, it and is these weird. are just results for these are just results for Joe Biden. This I was not looking for Trump cross Biden stuff. Um, I looked up Trump, and I the weirdest one I got was a um, a crossover between Trump mm-hmm. and Naruto, um, okay. and it's Trump ex Sasuke. <laughs> <laughs> Trump and Sasuke, and I, I'll, I'll read. I'll just. I promise I'll be really short. I'm only gonna read no. like the the synopsis here. It's Sasuke just wants to get railed by the love of his life, and Trump just wants to get some ass. Everyone wins. <laughs> I am disgusted. Uh, I also oh want to point out this was written in 2017. What? Now that Trump is here in a few months, will no longer be the president. Um, one would as- he might just slink away uh, and never to show his face in public again. I think we would all be okay with that. But I do think is- he said that he was going to have to leave the country if he lost. I mean, I if I had my way, he would uh, not uh, be in public comfortably ever again. Yeah. But does he have a place in fan fiction? <laughs> does he have a place in fan fiction? Who's- Here's the thing. I think Trump has made himself into, he's tried so desperately to make himself into this, like, pop culture icon where even if you hate him, mm-hmm. if somebody says Trump, you know, you immediately picture his face. And he's marketed off of that. I would say that he has of accomplished that. that. 
even right. with this presidency, I don't want to give him enough credit to be like, he was smart enough that he was horrible, that he was going to make a lasting impression on everyone in generations to come. But I don't yeah, think no. he's that smart. I think he's just a fucking asshole. I, yeah, I don't think he, um, he, he, he very much ran on all publicity is good publicity kind of stuff, but that is not, that doesn't seem like a hard thing to do when you are naturally, uh, one of the worst people of life. Um, correct. And I think this could circling back a little bit to the satire thing, the, the, uh, underestimation maybe of the actual threat he posed before he was elected. Uh, you can see that in Saturday Night Live, letting him host mm-hmm. um, Jimmy Fallon, interviewing him, but asking hard-hitting questions such as, can I mess up your hair? Ha ha, you have funny hair. Like the, the very toothless treatment of him in pop culture by people who would otherwise, we would assume would be his critics, right? Um, did not go hard enough. Maybe it's like, I don't think they are the things that put him over the edge. I think there was obviously a lot of factors, but it did not help things to like, uh, just kind of treat him like a, uh, a, another quirky character in our uh, American politics. Have you heard the saying that like everyone has three faces, right? Where no. there's the one you have that you present to the world, right? And then there's one that you have for your family and friends. And then you have one that only you have ever seen because it is your most like intimate self. Yes. Okay. I have heard this. So I feel like that clearly would also apply to celebrities, right? So maybe Mm -hmm. it's hard to think that any celebrity, their public facing is who they actually are. Right. And at that point, when you go into a career like that, like if you willingly went into a career like that, like Donald Trump has chosen to do... Mm-hmm. I don't feel like he has much ownership of this character that he has created and put out for the rest of the world. That I I don't know. It's a weird thing to think about. That's my that's my quote for this episode. It's a weird thing to think about. <laughs> it's I mean we are talking about broadly fan fiction. <laughs> it's a weird thing to think about. Okay, so um, how do we want to tie this? What is <clears throat> what is the takeaway from the episode? Okay. Fan fiction is a tool, uh, not a toy. (laughs) (laughs) With great um, satire comes great responsibility. And uh, wield your keyboard responsibly. (laughs) Your keyboard and your... uh, Unresolved sexual tension <laughs> in a in a responsible manner, especially if you're you're popular. Um, you know, SNL, all the unresolved sexual tension, <laughs> SNL. Um, Lakin, Bradley. This is oh, I did. Episode. Oh, I did want to um, kind of insert a section at the end. Where yeah. we give like recommendations based on what we're consuming, like because it's idea. like a pop culture uh, podcast. Why not include yeah. pos- like things that we like about pop culture? It would be a good idea to start introducing segments to the show. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would probably a, make outlining a general, easier. <laughs> general structure would <laughs> be. 
hey, we're playing it fast and loose. This is a great podcast, great uh, great time with good friends. Uh, give us five stars on iTunes, sh- uh, like, share, and subscribe. I, uh, I do what, feel like that is a bit of our charm, is how um, much it seems like a conversation. A podcast? I feel like that's a selling point for us. Anyways. I, um, hey, and I, th- I would say at this point, <laughs> most of our audience are just people we know. So like, that is true. Um, you know, uh Hey, well, I, I actually think that one thing that we do decently is it is kind of a like live stream of us uh, working through our own thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and not being uh, scripted and um, making sure that we all have our opinions to a, uh, nailed down to a T because that's not how people work. This is a we're all learning and we will be wrong sometimes and it's okay. And that's that's what I kind of really liked about. The initial idea when you approached me about the podcast was each episode, how I pictured it, would have a fandom that we focused on. And I'm not going to know everything about every fandom. And so I get to learn from people Mm -hmm. who, like, this is their entire, like, pocket of knowledge that they have stored away for parties, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It is the stuff that they can talk about, fan fiction. Except our podcast is the party. (laughs) Our podcast is the party. We can't go to real parties It is the party. <laughs> oh my god, sad. <laughs> okay. Hey, look, uh it's been um eight months now nearly since uh the COVID outbreak um really started affecting our lives here in the US. It's okay uh to be a little sad about it. <laughs> you know what I miss, Bradley? I miss running into you at the local bar without us ever planning on meeting there at the same time. (laughs) And somehow always ending up at the same table with beers and both being slightly uncomfortable because everyone is smoking and we're not. (laughs) (laughs) I miss that. (laughs) We're also, and and it's just like, I miss it too, Lakin. Um, And it's always like, all right, we can merge these friend groups together. That'll be fine. Yeah, and it always ends up great because no one has any barriers. Yeah, yeah. We're all (laughs) having a good time. One day. One day. uh, We will will return to that. Um, I'll buy you a beer, Bradley. Thank you, Lincoln. You're welcome. I'll buy you a beer. (laughs) Um, Okay, next segment. Pop culture, things that we love. We'll come up with a fancy name later. Bradley. What right. are what are uh, three medias that you are enjoying and would like other people to watch? Um, let's see here. Okay. Medias. What have I been engaging with? <clears throat> I've been watching a ton of uh, movies lately uh, and lots of TV, as, as uh, people do. Okay. The first thing I'm going to... I'm actually going to not recommend one of those things. I'm going to recommend the, a book first. I just... Uh, I've been reading a lot of Stephen King novels. Great. Um, okay, here's what I what I'm actually gonna recommend. If you like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, keep going. I'm listening. <laughs> Listen to uh, the podcast Just King Things. Um, it is a podcast by Michael Lutz and Cameron Kunzelman, and they are going through all of Stephen King's uh, publications. Wow! In order, it's gonna take. They do one episode a month. They started back in like August. They do. Uh, it's going to take them literally a decade to get through all of it. Um, they just released their night shift episode, or they are—I'm sorry—they are about to. Okay, it should be out at the time of this recording. I believe it comes out on Monday. 
Um, well, you know, whatever. That's uh, Stephen King's first collection of short stories. Um, so I've been reading along with them. So I have now read Carrie. I've read Salem's Lot, uh, The Shining. These are all great books. I haven't started Night Shift yet because I've been reading The Stand because The Stand is huge. Yeah, it's enormous. Um, so I've been going through that. So that's one recommendation. Just King Things, available wherever podcasts are. Uh, also been watching a lot of Justified. If you like crime shows, um, that's a that's a great one. If you like westerns, um, and that is a great show about systems of like institutional violence, uh, you know, cops and uh, and the drug trade and all that kind of stuff. Highly recommend that. Right. Great. Perfect. And uh, I will now recommend a movie. Um, watch Stop Making Sense. That is a concert film of the Talking Heads. Ooh. And it is extremely good. You can find it on Tubi, which is a streaming service that is free and uh, awful. Um, if you like the Talking Heads, check out Stop Making Sense. Also, um, American Utopia, which just came out on HBO Max, which is another concert film uh, by David Byrne uh, of the Talking Heads. Cool, good stuff. If you're interested in some non-conventional films, some non-narrative things to watch, check out those. Lakin, what do you recommend to our listeners? Oh, good. Um, so, first off, first recommendation, recommendation, always, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you haven't ever seen it, watch it. It's great. Um, I've never seen it. We'll have to do a Buffy episode one day. Yes! Oh my god, that would be my dream. Um, I actually have a good friend that is also a big Buffy fanatic, so um, mm. I might ask her to join us. Um, Sweet. Yes, Buffy. Fantastic. Love her. Um, I watched a Netflix show while I was writing the second draft of my thesis, um, Humble Brag. And <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it made me really sad, but there were a lot of stories that I feel like don't get told a lot um, mm -hmm. in it. It's called Grand Army. It's about a high school in New York and all of the struggles that each individual student has and how, you know, the complexities of everyone's life that we don't know everyone's story. Great. Very sad. I will give a trigger warning for uh, sexual assault and violence um, and police brutality. So, uh, very sad. If we're doing that, I should probably just say trigger warning on Stephen King novels in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyways. Um, Tahlequah, local band, pop punk, Goodfella. Mm. Just released Shutter yeah. Island. Shutter Island? Shutter Island. Shutter Island. If you like pop punk, uh, you will love this band. They're great. Um, they're a local band here in Oklahoma. So support your local artists. Uh, another Listen recommend to local music. Yes. Support you fools. Support shows and support bands as much as you can. Um, a lot of musicians have taken a big hit with COVID, um, especially not being able to go to live shows. You know, and the the art scene takes a hit when we can't come together and support each other so support yep. your artists as much as you can like listening to their stuff on spotify on repeat to boost their revenue <laughs> well yeah if we're gonna if we're going to shout out our friends here um uh hit up my my friend maddie for paintings for uh, they will make you an among us plushie <gasps> Cute. um you know <laughs> ask me for details i can get you in touch <laughs> They're one of my good friends. Um, 
Stevia show. I just did an episode with them last week talking about politics. So if politics are your thing and that's why you're listening to this episode, check out the Stevia show episode 99. We talk about um, all things politics leading up to the election. This is before the election um, results were announced. Um, so if you if you didn't get enough uh, pre-election anxiety, <laughs> it was really. You want to go back to that? It was really kind of boosting uh, morale about the youth taking over and um, being really hopeful about the election because we're seeing such good numbers from the youth and seeing such action from the youth, um, and it's with the young Democrat president. Uh, Josh Harris Till Stevia Show awesome. they're also great and Protect Rose Gold at All Costs is a podcast by local artist Rose Gold excellent shout outs to, to all of them and it's great we do need little pick me ups here and there it's easy to be cynical especially for someone like me who is cynical all the time <laughs> um, but it is important to also remember that there are avenues in which we can make real change look around your area, see the institutions that you can influence, because you can. You're not too young, you're not too inexperienced. We are all people and we are in control. We are in control! This... <laughs> <laughs> we will take over the world. Um, uh, Bradley. Like in... Our socials. Follow us on Twitter at Bootleg Muses and Facebook. At Bootleg you can... Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we also have a discord um that is also just bootleg muses i believe yeah um you can have access to it through our twitter um Mm -hmm. again at bootleg underscore muses so underscore muses that's important to remember Mm -hmm. at bootleg underscore muses and lakin you know what they say about fan fiction it's satire. Don't don't <laughs> do it about politicians unless you're good at it. Don't make it about real people and don't make it weird. Goodbye. Bye.